The Word says we're called to make disciples. We're growing in the Word of God. Jesus Christ was sent to be our Saviour. This is the Bromley Town Church Podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message, blessing you as you live out God's Word. Stream or download other sermon podcasts via the Bromley Town Church website or by using the SoundCloud app. Head over to BromleyTownChurch.com. Hello, welcome to Bromley Town Church. It's great to see you again. Here we are for another week, but this time we're back in the church building. This is just so that we can help you to become accustomed to what it's like in the church here and to get me accustomed to what it's like in the church here too, as far as that's concerned. You would have heard from last week, or if you didn't, then we can, I can tell you again today, Sunday the 26th of July, that's the Sunday that we're working towards, that we're preparing for, to have our first service back here as a congregation in the church. And we're looking forward to that. That's going to be very interesting, very exciting. Yet having said that, there's also some challenges about that. And the challenges are what we're seeking to overcome. Challenges from the point of view that it's going to be different. You know, it's not going to be the same as when we had our last service here, just before we had to go into lockdown. Uh, things have changed. We now have to maintain social distancing. The government have given us a whole lot of guidelines which we need to uphold and we need to work with. And so therefore we have to face change. And you know what? Facing change isn't something that we necessarily, not everybody embraces that. Because we get used to doing things in a certain way. We get comfortable about things. We know what we're to expect. We know that's why brand names such as Costa or Starbucks and all that sort of stuff, that and McDonald's, that's why they're so uh, famous and why people love it, because they know they go there and they always get the same. You see, people don't like change. But here we're going to be facing some change. So I just want to say to you, we're excited because we're working towards the 26th of July, but also to prepare you, there's going to be some differences. It's not going to be the same as we go through. And we're going to have a look at some of those today. Um, but we're praying, and we all need to be praying. God help us, lead us, and guide us in the right way, and encourage us as we seek to move into this new day and the things you have for us. Now, today, we want to be looking at, uh, well, I suppose I'm talking today about the preparation for return. But before I do that, I want to talk a little bit more about citizens of heaven. We are citizens of heaven, and this is something that we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks. Yes, we're citizens of heaven, but here we are living on earth. And you know what? I, I Sometimes I think like I really fit in here. And I don't know whether that's a good thing, but sometimes I feel like I fit in here. And other times I feel like I really don't fit in here. Because the ways that we're following, the things of the kingdom of God, are sometimes very different from the ways of this world. We are citizens of heaven. And you know, as Christians, we need to understand that our lives have truly been shifted. Once we were part of the world, living here under the rulership of the prince of this world. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 1 to 2 says this, Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger just like everyone else. 
And John reminds us in his, uh, in his letters, 1 John 5, 19, he says this, we know that we are children of God, and he says, and that the world around us is under the control of the evil one. Yes, once we were part of this world, living under the rulership of the prince of this world. But now, now we have been born again. We have been translated, we have been moved out of that kingdom, and now we are living in the kingdom of God's Son, Jesus Christ. We were in the kingdom of darkness, living under the power of the prince of the air. We were in that kingdom, but we've been moved out of it because we have been born again. That is to say that our citizenship has changed. We were citizens of the kingdom of darkness. It wasn't a choice we wanted to make, but that's where we were found. We were citizens of the kingdom of darkness, but praise God, now we have become citizens of the kingdom of heaven. So with that in mind, we can understand why the Apostle John wrote this, and this is 1 John 2, verses 15 to 17. He says, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. And John is reminding us that it's no use for us to be looking back at our previous citizenship, our previous way of life. We need to be focusing on the citizenship that we have now, which is in heaven. James also writes on this subject, and he goes on to say this, James chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. He starts off by saying, you adulterers, don't you realise that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again, if you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Do you think the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate, that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him. And the idea of faithfulness, us being wholly committed to God, that is what James is seeking to express when he uses the phrase, you adulterers. Now we know what an adulterer is, we know what that phrase means. An adulterer is somebody who is married. They have entered into a covenant relationship, a marriage relationship of faithfulness with their partner. During that covenant relationship, that marriage service, they would have probably said these words, forsaking all others, they're going to be faithful to that person. That's the promise they have made, to hold to their partner only. But now, through whatever circumstances they've made a decision, and now they're having another relationship with another person outside of that marriage, they're pursuing a sexual relationship with another person. That's what an adulterer is. James is reminding us that we have been born again. We've now become citizens of heaven. Our allegiance is to the laws, the ways, the lifestyle of heaven, not the lifestyle of earth. So he is suggesting that we need to keep a firm and fixed view on the laws of heaven and to be following those things rather than getting tangled up in the things of this world. And it's interesting because we know those pressures, we feel those pressures in our hearts. Last week, Pastor William was talking about Philippi, the city of Philippi. Philippi as a city was established as a Roman colony, he told us, 
And as part of the Roman Empire, it was located in Macedonia. Now Macedonia, if you don't know, that's part of what is modern-day Greece. So in modern-day Greece, there's the city still there of Philippi. But the, things, the thing about Philippi was it was a Roman colony. In Philippi, everything about that city was Roman. So although you were in a culture that was more Greek, you're actually coming to Philippi and everything's Roman. And what Paul said to the Christians, in fact, he made a point of saying to the Christians living in Philippi, he said this, you, you need to live like you are citizens of heaven. Don't worry about the things that are going around. You may be living in Philippi. You may be living in a Roman existence. But I'm saying to you, your primary calling is to live as citizens of heaven. That's what Paul was saying to them. He was saying, your political, your sociological position, if you like, is that you are a citizen of heaven. And that's what you need to act like. Act like that. Don't just conform to the Roman way of doing things, and that's going on all around you. And you know what? That very problem, that very issue, is the tension that we feel in our lives today. It's what we're experiencing. As Christians, we need to live showing that we are citizens of heaven, not simply conforming to the ways of this world. Now, they say that in ethics, when it comes to ethics, sociologists tell us that there are three moral principles that govern a person's behaviour. There are three prevalent cultures that people live under. And the cultures are these. Firstly, there is a phenomenous culture. And that comes from the Greek word theo, meaning God, and nominus, meaning law. God's law. There are people who are living under God's law. And this is the law where God's rule is upheld. This is what God wants to happen. So the moral behaviour of the people is in line with what God wants it to be. That is a theonomous culture. And then secondly, there is a heteronomous culture. Heteros, Greek word meaning another, nomos, law, there is another law. And this is where the mainstream culture is directed by the ruling leadership at the, to at the top. So you get a, a few leaders and they are governing the masses, as it were. And a political example of this would be the Marxist culture, where the ruling party is declaring to the people, the populace, this is what you need to do, this is what you can do, this is what you can't do. That would be a Hieronymus culture. And then thirdly, there is an autonomous culture. Auto, meaning self or its own, anonymous law, self-law. And as I expect you can understand, this is where a person dictates their own moral behaviour. In other words, they make the decisions. They are saying, this is the way that I think it is right to live. And that's the, the plumb line, if you like, that they're living their lives to. Now, with these three different examples, that of God's law, that of another law, a Hieronymus culture, or that of self-law, that autonomous culture, let's ask this question. What sort of culture do you think that we are living in? Right now, here upon the earth, what's the prevalent culture that we see happening around us where we live here in the UK? Well, I would say it's this. It is an autonomous culture. It's a culture where everyone is dictating what they consider to be right. The way that they live is the way that they feel is right for them. 
It is sort of exemplified by the type of comment you hear where people might say, I can do what I want, I can do what I want as long as nobody gets hurt. That's the sort of the code that they live by. So as long as nobody else is getting hurt, I'll do what I want. And actual fact, often people are hurt in those situations, but that's ignored. So it's where we decide on the moral principles that we live by. And I'm hoping that you can see why I'm adding this little bit of information in. As Christians, as citizens of heaven, we belong to a theonomous culture. We belong to a culture where God's law is what we are following. So we're not looking within ourselves, we're looking out of ourselves to say, God, how do you want me to live? And we're living by that. That's what we've been called to. That's the culture that we are being taken to. That's the culture that we're now living in. However, when we come to that around us, maybe our family, maybe people at work, but the culture around us, that culture is saying, no, 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 we're not following God's culture and we're not a Marxist culture. No, we're an autonomous culture. We're actually basically saying, you know what, if this feels right for me to do, then that's how, that's how it's going to be for me. I'm going to make those decisions. And you see, so for us as Christians living here, citizenship in heaven, we can see that our citizenship really is of another world. My kingdom is not of this world, said Jesus. Because he's saying the kingdom of heaven is outside of this world. And that's what we're facing. So there is a tension around us. In truth, this autonomous culture is all around us. But it's also true to say that autonomous culture is really being directed by the kingdom of darkness. Because although there is a sense in which everybody can do what they decide to do right, there is a pressure in the world to adhere to certain ways. You know, some things you can't speak out about, or if you do, you know you're going to get an immediate backlash. And it's so easily seen on social media. Somebody makes a comment that's different from somebody else, and it's not like, oh yeah, hey, fair, fair comment, you're allowed to have a difference of opinion. You can't say that, who do you think you are? We're blanking you off, because there is a pressure in the system to actually conform. And that conformity ultimately comes towards the kingdom of darkness, for us to do what the prince of darkness will allow. So let's go back to what we read in James, what James says in James 4, verses four and five, where he says, you adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God. I say it again, if you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. And that's it, we want to make sure that we're following the kingdom culture, that citizenship of heaven. We know that God's law says you should commit adultery. But in an autonomous culture where individuals decide their own moral standards, we get a great diversion of divergence of thinking and behaviour. For every one of us who's watching, or you who are watching this programme now, if you have received Jesus Christ as Saviour into your life, you have been born again, then your citizenship is not of this world. Your citizenship is of heaven, and we need therefore to be obeying and looking for our instructions from heaven. Can I just say at this point, where do we get our instructions from? We get our instructions by reading the Word of God. You know, as Christians, I know this sounds a harsh thing to say, but as Christians, Christians cannot do without the Word of God, because the Word of God is like a plumb line for our lives. We're receiving the knowledge of God's ways. 
If we're to live according to his kingdom, how can we do it if we don't know what he's saying? So many people just tend to pick up bits and pieces what they've heard in church. No, as Christians, we have a responsibility to go to God's word, to receive from God's word, to read God's word, to allow him to reveal to us his instructions and his laws so that we might follow his command. Look, I'm talking here about our citizenship being in heaven. And I've come to that and started off with that because I want to now talk about preparing for our return. So this is about talking to us about coming back to this church of how we fit into our services. Now, why would I relate the citizenship of heaven as to coming back to his church? Well, it's simply because of this. Because as we come back to church, we need to make sure that we come back operating out of a heavenly mindset, not a worldly mindset. We're not here just to do what we think, to be able to, oh, well, this is what I fancy doing. No, no, we're here to operate under what God wants us to do and how God wants us to do. And of course we might say, yeah, of course we're up for that. But often what we say and what we do can sometimes differ. Look, the kingdom of heaven mindset is this, that we should love God wholeheartedly. With everything that we have, with all that we are, that we should love God. And then it says that we should love our neighbour as ourselves. But you know, also in scripture, it says this in Romans 13, we should submit to the governing authorities that are over us, that are instituted by God. So there's these sense we should love God, we should love our neighbour as ourselves, but we should also subject ourselves to the governing authorities that are around us. So when we're coming back into an environment where we want to keep to the government's guidelines for the safe use of places of worship like this, then it's going to mean that we're going to need to maintain social distancing. Oh, I don't like this, I don't like all this distance between us. You know what, not a lie. It seems strange. Last time we were here, you could hug somebody. This time, you've got to keep a social distance from them. It's difficult. There's change. But we have to understand that we need to walk carefully in this change. The reason we have to be careful is because we, first of all, we want to love God and we want to show respect to him and his laws. And he has told us to love others as we love ourselves. If we're to truly put this into practice, i.e. if we're to live as Christians in his church and to be his church, then we need to see the kingdom values being shoved amongst us. That means we have to say, hey, I know what I feel, but you know what? For the sake of my brother or sister who may be concerned about what's going on, I need to be respectful to them and I need to be able to help them and look after them. And so we're thinking of other people. So we're going to have to maintain our social distancing. We're going to have to be respectful to those who still have a, a genuine concern about catching this virus and of meeting other people. There are going to be people like that. It means that we're, going to, we're just going to respect one another. Paul spoke about offering meat to idols. And in that, he was encouraging people, look, whilst we can do this, we need to take care of the brothers and sisters who find that a difficult thing to do. So we need to watch over that. It also means that when we come to church, we might need to exit the building a different way. Let me just read a scripture to you. 1 Corinthians 10, 31-32 says this, So whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Don't give offence to Jews or Gentiles or the church of God. There's a scripture that Paul was bringing to the Corinthians where he's saying, guys, listen, you need to be respectful of your behaviour. Your behaviour affects other people, but that means you can do that in a negative way or you can do that in a positive way. 
When we're coming back to church, facing the different challenges, the differences about the way we go about life, the social distancing that I've mentioned, the fears that people have about catching the virus, the ways that we conduct ourselves, you know what, we need to be careful about these things. It means that when we come into the building, we're going to be guided into the building. We're going to have to sit where we're asked to sit. It means when we leave the building, at the end of the service, we have to leave quickly. We can't just hang around talking to everybody, not as it used to be, because that's not going to be how it's going to go about. We've got to settle into a new way. And so we're going to be asked to leave the building, and we're going to have to be leading through a different door. There's all sorts of changes. But by God's grace, he will help us in these, because I believe that these changes are coming to us, not just to be an irritation. They feel like an irritation at times. The changes are coming to us to help us be changed. Now here's a question. Are you willing to humble yourself and to say, Lord, help me to change? It's not a nice thing to do. It's not something that we all want to do. But it's something that we need to do. We need to come before God and say, God, please, help me to live by your rules. Help me to live by your standards. Help me to treat other people the way you treat me. Help me to be gracious, kind, loving. Help me to consider other people first because of the changes that we have to do. You know what? When we come back, we're not going to be able to see. That's a real challenge. It's one that I find very difficult. But you know what? Let's just start. Let's just get ourselves back into a normal swing of things. Let's settle down. Let's find our feet. Let's, let's overcome the anxiety of even just coming back. And we'll see what we are able to do in time. But God will help us. We're in a season of change, as I say, but let's embrace the change because we believe that God is using the change to help us be changed in a positive way. So let's trust him. He is the God who goes ahead of us, who guides us, who leads us in the way that we need to go. So let's trust him for that. I'm just going to pray. So pray, pray with me, please. Father, we just bring ourselves to you. Lord, we know that there is change. We, we know that coming back to the building and starting church in the building again will be different. We're asking you, Lord, help us. Help us and settle our hearts. Let the citizenship of heaven take hold of our minds and help us to live as citizens of that place. Help us not to be corrupted by the things of this world. But Lord, let your Holy Spirit bring peace and understanding, wisdom, a generosity of spirit towards others, that, Father, that as the body of Christ, we may flourish and grow and see your kingdom grow in this place. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you. Have a great week. We'll see you again next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this message from Bromley Town Church. You are always welcome to visit us on a Sunday morning. Or join us again for more messages here online. You can also stay connected with us at www.bromleytownchurch.com.